Welcome to Design to Thrive podcast. This is a space where teachers and school leaders and community partners come together to talk about the amazing things that they're doing to create schools where all kids are heard, they are um, empowered, and they experience success. Um, so on today's show, we are going to be talking about um, building teacher capacity, instructional coaching, and our special guest today is Dr. Nicolette James. And uh, Dr. James, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, we're excited to have you. And um, uh, am I are, am I calling you? Is Dr. James okay? Do you- Dr. James is okay, but Nicolette is fine too. Okay. So let me tell y'all a little bit about um, Dr. James, aka. Um, Nicolette. Um, so she and I met through a friend of ours, uh, Tatul Natoya. And he, whenever he would talk to me, he would say, oh, I just talked to Nicolette. She was saying the same thing. You were talking, oh my God. And so um, what I realized when he connected us is that not only do we both have the same like pedagogical dispositions and, and all of that, we were both ELA teachers as well. And um, coaches as well. And there were so many overlaps. And so I am excited to talk with someone that I feel kindred to. Um, and then also every time I talk to Nicolette, she, she brings up, um, like, how are you doing? And like, how is this working for you? And even like when she was under the weather and getting sick, she's checking in on me. And so, um, she's just amazing. And so, but let me go to the to to the 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 formalities. So, Dr. Nicolette James is a director of English at a high school in the East Coast. She is a teacher educator and an adjunct professor. Um, she's an education consultant and she is a holistic wellness coach. Um, and she's been in the game with us for 19 years. So. Um, She's been doing this for a while and she has got lots of um, nuggets of gold from her lived experiences professionally and um, the different roles that she's had. So welcome, Nicolette. And if there's something I missed, please fill us in and um, talk to our audience a little bit about um, your journey in becoming a coach. Wow. Okay. So uh, my journey as you just said, began um, quite a number of years ago. Um, I think even, I I even go back before that because my mom says that my journey began in the womb and that when when I popped out, I came out with, and this will tell you how far back because I actually had chalk and an eraser. So um, that I was going with those two things. So she just knew that I was going to be an educator. And 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 I've always known that. Like no matter what other things sort of um piqued my interest over the course of, of the um, my education, I always knew that I was destined and bound to be an educator. And I find that no matter what official position or title I hold, like that's really what I'm doing in the position. So I've gone from uh, being a a, a camp counselor um, to my position now in education. And I think that this this is where I feel most comfortable in sort of that instructional leadership role. So I think this is where I will be for the duration, you know, um, 
not not putting a limit or a cap on anything, but this is where I feel really good. I love working with students and working with uh, with teachers about working with students. So in all of the many roles that that I hold and that I play, those are the ones and that's what it, it comes back down to. So I've done all positions in between. I've taught every secondary level, K through 16 and graduate school. As I said, um, as I was pursuing that, I was also pursuing um, other avenues of education and that avenue is coaching. So something that I am very passionate about and have been for a very long time is working with young women and women, you know? So as girls, as girls become young women and develop into their, their following their career paths, that has always been something that I feel compelled to do. So I've done work in that area with nonprofit organizations. At one point, I was very interested and still am interested in um, starting my own nonprofit organization, working with women and girls. I did that for a short time and would like to, to return to that at some point in the future. I love that. And I am curious now, when you say working with, with young women, um, was there something about that that you really loved? Were there specific programs or were you doing mentoring or coaching or what, yes. what was it that really spoke to you about that work? Okay, so, so one of the things that, that I've always lived by as a motto is that if, it, if I want it and it doesn't exist, then I have to create it. So something that I, I always um, wanted to have, but I just, it didn't exist in the spaces where I was, was a program for mentorship for young women. And so because it was something that I always wish was there for me, it was something that I wanted to create when I saw the need for that. So when I came to my, uh, one of my first schools that I worked with, I started an informal girls club and, um, and that grew into the formal program that I developed called the School of Life, Young Women's Empowerment Academy. And so I brought that with me to my uh, school where I actually worked officially after my first student teaching experience. And, and, and it just, it bloomed into an entire program that I ran for many years through this, this school where I am now. And, uh, and it, was, it was an awesome experience for me, the young women, we did so many things uh, together. And I hear from many of those now graduates because I haven't done the program in a, in a few years, but I hear from those students all the time about how impactful it was for them and, um, and for me as well. So, um, so that was one experience. And then I've, as I mentioned, I've had some experience working with not-for-profit organizations that also support women. So I worked with these women on developing their capacity as they transition from, uh, from welfare to work programs. And um, that was a tremendously rewarding experience for me as well. So uh, those, those two would be some very seminal experiences that I've had working with young women and girls and that have been as equally rewarding for me and, and them in terms of them moving forward and advancing and becoming successful. Oh my goodness. I love the welfare to work. Um, that's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing because all of these things are, are integrated. The, the students are not coming to you as just this kid with this book. They're coming to you with their life mm -hmm. and being able to speak to say that if you are in a place where you've had experiences where you've um, interacted with um, different systems or you've had different supports and being able to say, how can we create more 
uh, ways for you to go to a different level and to position yourself because it's more than just saying you wanted you wanted it bad enough you would do it it's not that it's not that and so um having a program where there are there's habits of mind there's steps there's resources there's approaches um is really key to um creating these transformative experiences yes yeah and I, and and I'm glad you you brought that up because I I really do I I feel so blessed and grateful for the many experiences that I've had in and around education in so many different ways because it definitely and I mean definitely informs the way I teach and the way I um coach and my instructional leadership and everything it just all comes together because I've been in so many different situations and can relate to so many different ways of being and that they all connect to the topic you know cultural relevance and being able to um just sort of um listen first of all and then to to amplify the voice of others through their experiences yeah i love that and um you know we use these terms like culturally relevant mm-hmm. you know all of this but really, we're, we're talking about looking at all the dimensions of who students are and what they bring. And, and you just talked about something that triggered uh, my thinking um, in a good way, where you said um, all of these ways of being and bringing that into the classroom and, and normalizing that there should be difference, there is difference, and that um, being receptive and, and listening and, and having an understanding um, disposition for welcoming those in. And so I really appreciate that. And I wanna shift just a little bit um, to, to thinking about working with teachers, coaching teachers, building their capacity. Um, what are some things that, that you've seen that, um, that teachers maybe have, that you've had to work with them um, with on being able to create um, and be more responsive to, to students? What are some things that, that you've seen and some, um, maybe some success, I don't even wanna say successes, but maybe some, some challenges that you've had to kind of work with, stu- with teachers on in, in building their capacity? Okay, so one of the things that I've found over the years and has been something that I have on a conscious level sort of addressed year after year because it's 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 cyclical it's you know recursive it always comes back around and no matter how much you work on it you always still have to return and start again is that teachers teacher well we know we are all human beings and i think sometimes those uh, in other positions forget the human being behind the educator and a human being has fears right just like we all do and I think at times those fears are not acknowledged. And when they aren't, and then there are certain expectations. Just Come put- on. <laughs> yeah, come on. Come on with that. Yes. Put on to educators. It makes it very difficult. It makes it very difficult for us as human beings first, always to do whatever it is that we are expected to do. So yeah. my approach always with with educators and with students is to see the human being first, all right? The role second, whatever the role is, whatever the position is second. So for that reason, I always address human needs. And one of the biggest drives for 
people in terms of motion forward or back is fear. And one of the fears that I found with the educators that I have the, um, the pleasure to, to work with is that they were very afraid, right? They were very afraid to be vulnerable, all right, about what they know, what they don't know, and uh, how to go about learning whatever they don't know or admitting whatever they don't know, and then, and then working on building capacity, on building their own capacity. So one of the first things that I did when coming into my role, which I've been in this position for quite some time now, was to, to work on first creating that space for vulnerability to happen. And anything that I, that I say that, I, that I'm doing with educators, I do the same thing with my students. Anything I do with the students, I do with the adults because the adults are just bigger kids, right? So <laughs> we are, we are just, we are just now adults, but we, we are the same inside. So what we need to do with students is to create a safe space. We create the same safe spaces for the students that we think so consciously about. We wanna create those safe spaces for educators as well, because without having that, that room to admit that you don't know everything already, there's no way to grow because the expectation, oh, you know this, you know this, or you should know this, you, know, you should know everything. If we should know everything, then there's no growth. So what am, I, what am I learning if I should already know everything? So I think it really is important to create that safe space so that folks can be vulnerable to admit that they don't know, right? And then to be able to learn from there. So bringing it back to your question. So how does that help to build capacity? One, because then they can admit, listen, hey, okay. So first of all, I'm not the expert. I'm not the expert. I'm not the expert. We all have things that we can learn, but together we all know a lot about a lot of different areas. And if we tap into that, right, and use that to, um, to empower each other and to support each other, then we can be more open to the areas that we are not expert in. Do, you, that, mm -hmm. do you find that, and I just, this just came to me as you were talking, do you find that there are challenges in building that culture and the reason why I'm saying that is because uh what I found in my own experiences is that the the teacher educators and the the, the in-service teachers and the pre-service teachers are highly competitive and because they're so competitive they're coming in with a culture of competitiveness um whereas I'm coming in with a, with a, a culture of collective learning and right. that is very culturally grounded. Um, we know that the African-American community is not a, a monolith. Um, however, in our communities, we do have um, collective group-based um, learning, either through church, either through um, you know, larger familial kinship learning. And mm -hmm. so I'm coming in saying that we can all rise. And my disposition is that we're gonna share our collective knowledge. We're gonna do this, we're gonna do that. And so when, as you were talking about building the safe space, it occurred to me that like, um, that there's layers to that. And, and with teachers, are we seeing, at least, like I said, I've seen that teachers mm -hmm. have come in and there's an unlearning that has to happen in order for, to have the kind of professional learning communities, PLCs that, um, and, and growth culture that that we'd like and so I'm just interested in like what have you seen in um, where you've been and kind of um, how have you been able to work through um, if you've seen similar challenges. I 
have seen similar challenges and that's the, the challenge that I'm actually talking about. That is the challenge that in a culture of competitiveness that really should not exist in education, you know? So it's, 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 um, it's ironic that they come in with this or, and even are, are in with it, not necessarily even come in with it. The teachers that I work with, they still have that, yeah, they have that competitive um, nature and competitive drive when in fact we know that uh, education is a social act. And so I try to, to, to break that down so that we can actually look at that together and see then be the, be the person that you are as an educator, be that person. So don't expect students to embrace something that you yourself really don't embrace. You know, we, we have, oh, I want the kids to work in groups. You know, we're going to do collaborative groups. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. But then by the same token, when it comes time for you now as a student to work with others collaboratively or to be able to do those same things, some of the teachers find that really challenging, you know, because again, they're, they're thinking again in a, in a different way. A different mind space, you know, uh, mindset rather, their headspace is a little bit different. It's more competitive than collaborative. And so just getting, getting everyone to be comfortable in that space, because again, to, to truly collaborate, you have to accept that you, do, you don't know everything. And I think at this point too, even we've gotten to a place with the teachers that, that I work with in department and even in, in district where we can accept that even within the same subject matter, we don't all know everything about it. Like I may not necessarily be the grammarian in our group. This person may be the one who's an expert in Shakespeare. This person may be someone who is in um, young adult literature. So we, we all still don't even bring the same level of, of knowledge and expertise to each. But again, it's about working together and helping each other to, to build capacity through vulnerability. And, and I appreciate you talking about that because um... I think it is a thing that we have to continue to reflect upon um, because in order for us to cultivate a, a culture where we have these, as you say, um, expectations for students and, 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 and quite frankly, we know that, that when looking at the top, I think Forbes came out with it, the past so many years, the top skills have included um, having multidimensional teams from different cultural diversity, uh, different diversity dimensions, um, being collaborative, that the that um, being able to think critically together, not just individually, that um, in terms of more than just 21st century skills, but professional learning um, skills, and that when students do not have those and when they are not cultivated, that they are at a disadvantage, even if they're the most brilliant, mm -hmm. you know, have the most beautiful speaking, whatever it is, the standards that they're at a disadvantage. And I think that what you're talking about is so important to highlight to teachers to say, hey, look, we've got to do, as I say, do you do the work? But we don't tell folks or hold folks to the fire when they don't do the work. Um, oh, you look like you were going to say something. Come on and talk to no, me. No, I'm saying yes. Yes, I, I agree. I really do. I feel like, you know, a lot of, of, of good teaching or best practices in, in educating and teaching and learning is about really becoming becoming more of who we are as educators and who we are as educators as people. Like having that integrity as just a person on earth and that coming through in my, my teaching and learning as well, as opposed to having sort of this, um, a, fa a facade, you know, that, that we put 
forth. I feel that it's, it's much more authentic to just be more of who we are and to bring that to the way we educate students. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And, and the bringing who you are and um, creating spaces to, to, to center that. And I know that um, this holistic wellness is, is a part of, of who you come in the room as. And, and um, I, I'm interested even in, in how you're able to cultivate, um, to bring that in more intentionally into these spaces, especially as we need each other more for um, teacher collective learning and as students are coming in, really with the, with the, with the traumas and inter, interlocking traumas that are happening. And so I'm wondering about um, how are you able to do that in, in this space right now? Uh, I think it's really important, uh, especially always, but, but right now to, to really see everyone. And I mean, really attempt to see the person to see the the the, the student the, the person not this not the student actually the person behind the student the student next to the student is the role but the human being and um, if anything this time has really uh, thrown us just out into the ocean of doing that like you know you, you really did not have a choice because so much was happening to the human being and not just to the student that teachers really did have to pay attention to that a lot more and I, I heard many conversations about teachers who say, you know, they, they, they didn't know, they didn't know, you know, that this was going on or that was going on or the other thing was going on. And those things were always going on, you know, and they, and they were, they were there. The yeah, they were. Time. Keep going. Yeah, they were. Uh-huh. <laughs> they were there the entire time, you know, but, but sometimes in, in, and, you know, we hear this too, that in the midst of, of tragedy, in the midst of trauma, there are always lessons to be learned. And this is definitely one of them. And I think that it, un- unfortunately, it took something so huge happening in the world for uh, certain ideas and some eyes to be open to a lot of different, I mean, so many different things that eyes have been open to at this time. But that's one of them in education, at least, that there is definitely a person behind the role of a student and that the students have lives that they they live a life <laughs> you know their, their life is just not being a student their life is here in school but also at home and and we have to be able to to recognize that to support that and to to integrate that into who they are even here in the classroom and realize that they they do go home into to something else and that that also that also brings up a lot of different things in terms of like what we can do to, to support students in that. And those are some of the things that, that I've tried to do here in school this year and to bring to, to our programs here at my, at my school. So um, in, in, in thinking about that, right? And thinking about what we know, what we've learned and, and who we're closing the year out as and moving towards the plans and the seeds and the things that we're going to do um, moving forward. Um, and, and this is kind of, kind of, kind of how we'll round up the conversation in thinking about all this, what are some of the opportunities that you see um, for the groundwork for, for this summer and in, in going into next year, what are some opportunities that you see that for, for teachers and schools to continue doing this this good work. Okay, so so one of the 
one of the things that came to me almost immediately when we closed last year on March 12th, I believe was the date, was that this, this opportunity for us to, and now the, the word is, is used, you know, at Northeast, but to reimagine, you know, what education can, can look like. I know that, that the conversation right now is all about like getting back into class and getting everybody back here fully. Like we've been back in a hybrid situation. So we've had students since um, September coming into the building, not at full capacity, but some kids in the building, some kids at home and a combination of both. So everyone wants to, to just get everybody back in the building. So while there is the need to do that, because we do know that um, in-person learning has particular influences that just can't come through the screen, you know, and that is good for, for students to be, to be in your presence, you know, to be physically in our presence, because we can also pick up on some different things that we can't necessarily pick up on online. However, there are a lot of opportunities that being online and working with the students and giving them um, more access, more access to learning that can happen at all the various times that they may be able to learn. And that's one of the biggest opportunities that I, I hope we are able to retain is that the school day doesn't necessarily have to end at, at the bell. You know, that learning can continue if a student, because we have many students who have all different types of, um, of lifestyles and expectations at home. We have students who work, who actually work not to pay their own cell phone bills, but to help with the household. We have students who have to look after their younger siblings and so forth. And, and their timing may not necessarily be our timing, but they should still have access to the same quality of education as if they were able to, you know, just be here during the day working with us on whatever it is that we're working with in class. So again, I hope that some of those opportunities that the students have been afforded in terms of access to, to teaching and learning at a different time will still be available to them when we do, when we do return. And I think that's been one of the greatest opportunities because it has uh, clued a lot of educators into the many different ways that they can support students outside of class. Yeah. Yeah. Like the biggest, the biggest takeaways that, that I hope we will continue is to find those ways to support the students outside of class time. Yeah. And, and I would just add that even making a point to, to, to connect folks with resources, because I know that teachers may be listening and, you know, they might say, well, am I this role and that role and this role? Well, if you're teaching a human and the human has needs and they're bringing their needs into your learning space and these needs um, are, are um, impacting their, their learning, then yeah, absolutely. And so um, keeping in mind that, that you are a human resource mm -hmm. and um that tapping into, you know, being that humanity centered. I love that, that, that you lifted that up. And so I want to continue to lift that up and to, to um, just show appreciation because um, teachers are doing, uh, you know, a yeoman's job. They're doing, you know, fantastic things and that um, life as we know it is going to, you know, is, is definitely going to continue to be different, but that we can carve out ways to, um, to be together and to be more intentional about caring for and with each other that can happen. That's not so looming um, and that we can build um, this resilience. We can, we can build this strength in, in this collective caring. 
And another point too that you just made me think of that I want to to bring up is not to to not forget the human side of us too. Oh and yeah. To, yeah, to acknowledge that on a daily basis, that's really important to me. I feel that, you know, as educators, as those folks who are always pouring into, you mentioned that, you know, well, am I, am I this, that, and the other thing, I'm the nurse, the psychologist, the, the mom, the dad, the everything to, you know, to the educators and, and to the students. And when we, when we are that, we have to really be mindful about pouring back into ourselves. Agreed. And, you know, refueling and, and taking care of ourselves in that way that will allow us to continue to give out because we don't want to um, to get to E as well, you know? So, um, so we wanna make sure that we stay fueled up and, uh, and, and able to, to continue to, to give and to be that resource. And we don't always, and we don't have to, and another good point that you just raised is that we don't have to be everything. We don't have to be everything. If, if we can point students in the direction for who they can- Come on, to, come you know, on somebody. Then that's, on. Good, that's good to know. Cause sometimes we do, you know, we do take on all the roles, you know, yeah. we do take on the roles and then say, oh my God, I'm everything. But yes, we do not have to take on all the roles and other people have positions too. And we can refer, <laughs> we can refer them out. But the important thing, the important thing is finding out you know, about it and not, and not just letting it go. If you, you know, you notice something in a student, as they say, you see something, say something, you know, just asking sometimes is everything to a student. They will sit there and, and be in whatever it is they're in. And if no one asks, they won't say. They won't. Yep. And surprisingly though, if you ask, they may say. Yeah, they may say, and don't be that martyr. Don't be like, I'm the great savior. No, don't right. do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. So um, but I, I appreciate you and you're right that all of that, all of that, all of that is just ding, 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 strong J, right? Like I'm throwing in, <laughs> I'm giving it to you. Um, so for folks that I, I, first of all, it's, it's always a joy talking to you and, um, I, I saw your hands waving and, and you're beautiful. Like I saw everything. And so I'm like, oh, here we go. We're getting fired up. Um, but for folks who want to connect with you and, and um, follow you and kind of learn about um, the things that you're doing and um, where you're at, where can they find you? Okay, well, I am not very active on social media. We spoke about that before, um, but they can, you can, anybody can always reach out to me. I'm, I'm, I'm more um, available via email, you know, Boxer, any of those places than just out there on social media. You know, I'm right back at you. Anybody reach out to me, I'll reach right back out to you. And that's on my, my website. You can find my website, educatezen.org is one way. And uh, once you go there, you'll see my email address and, and, and all of that. But I'm, I'm very accessible, just not really out there on, on social media. All good. Well, we will put that in the show notes. And um, thank you so much for being with us. And for everybody out here that's listening, know that you are the ones, you are the change that you seek to be in the world. Um, you are it. You are it. We need you. Yes. Yep. We need all of you. So um, thanks so much for, for being with us and uh, keep yeah my yeah pleasure, my pleasure anytime and i look forward to um connecting and meeting up with you again yes and everybody else keep on shining <laughs>